0: This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! Where are the dictators? Where are the strong men? Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution! I'm going to fight for Christians, I'm going to fight for white people. They have the Great Reset, we have the Great Awakening.
1: And why shouldn't I root for Russia, which I am.
0: I want to see these people go through misery because of their grooming against our children. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol. I did nothing wrong.
2: Welcome to a premium episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke.
1: And I'm Jay McKenzie. Today, we're going to talk about a great American success story, a real rags-to-riches tale about a high school dropout who, through sheer force of grift, became a YouTube sensation after he learned one simple trick, become the most confidently incorrect man in any room.
2: That's right, folks. We're here to talk about Pim Tool, or Dim Fool, or really, well, he'll play any part as long as you just pay attention to him please do not make this man of no discernible skills find a real job because we're honestly not sure he's ever even had one
1: so strap on your beanies to hide your male pattern baldness and let's jump right into it <laughs> God that's so mean
2: but he's so earned yeah it. I mean this is a guy who has never taken that thing off in almost any photo I've ever seen of him I mean the guy could be meeting with almost anybody and he'd still have that beanie on it's his trademark. And when you make something a trademark, you open yourself up for it. People are going to have opinions on your trademark. (laughs) And we have opinions on the man's beanie.
1: (laughs) Uh, Just shave your head, dude, or Mm -hmm. or buy hair. He can very easily afford to purchase some
2: hair. The man can afford a billboard in Times Square. The man can afford a compound, a castle, as he refers to it.
1: Yes. He can afford a wig. Mm -hmm. He can afford surgery. Mm Mm-hmm. What, a hair transplant? He could could get one of those. I've seen them. They look rather nice. Lots of soccer players get them. Mm -hmm. And when people try to make fun of them, they say, well, I can afford to not be bald. So Uh I'm going to not be bald. And And then what do you say?
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Tim Pool has the money to go ahead and do something like this. It would be really, I think, a good and liberating experience for him to do that. Because that hat, imagine how it smells. Either that or he's got a whole (laughs) closet full of those hats, one or the other. He's just buying them in bulk whenever he sees them. Because, man, those things don't smell good after you wear them as long as he does. Sorry.
1: Well, and it's one thing in the winter, but he's out there. Well, I would say he used to do some reporting (laughs) on the ground in the summer in the heat. And, yeah, that that smell has has got to be rough. uh...
2: It's gonna get you some human resources complaints in any rational company. You know, there's nobody's <laughs> gonna be like, Mr. Poole, we need to discuss your odor. <laughs> just nah, no. No.
1: Yeah, like look, look, Tim, we don't care that you're bald. We really don't care that you're bald. But just own it. Mm-hmm. Own any thing in your life. Like, just admit to something admit to your baldness stop trying to hide it because you look fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. on those TPUSA posters where it's always the same picture of temple with a microphone and his fucking beanie and i know well it's my brand yeah no your brand is just being a douchebag mm-hmm. you've got that covered you can have hair and still be a douchebag
2: at some point you got to grow up you got to grow up a little bit they take the hat off and
1: well he's pushing 40
2: mm-hmm. at some point it just stops looking cute you're not a rebellious kid anymore <laughs> You're Steve Buscemi in that meme, you know, how do you do fellow kids?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, and and perhaps he could take the beanie off at the same time that he stops fucking around and he starts trying to save the white race, Mm. which is something that he claims to be very concerned about. So, yes, part of his evolution and growth as a human should be uh, either owning the baldness, buying some hair, start pumping out those white babies, Mm -hmm. Tim. God.
0: You want to know why I fucking wear the hat? Yeah. So these motherfuckers, so these motherfuckers can't fucking recognize me
1: when I'm on the street. You want to take a picture of me so I'm easily identified? Like there's no photos of me like without this. So, who is Tim Pool?
2: <laughs> well, you know that seems to depend a lot on who you ask, and so maybe we should turn to our resident Tim Pool expert. To learn more.
1: Yes, let's turn it over to scholar Robert Silverman, Professor Emeritus of Pooley and Gryphnomics at the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, Dr. Silverman, what can you tell us about a young dim fool?
0: Uh kill me now. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> At what what point in Tim Poole's epic journey, which should, are we going to start with first? Where do you want to go? Ninth grade.
2: Ninth grade. Okay. Yeah, so let's... here's
0: the here's the way Poole says it about Tim Poole's uh, end to his formal education. Uh, Tim Poole started out, he went to a private Catholic school up until the ninth grade. And for about, I think it's half of one semester or after the first semester, He went to a public school in Chicago, and at that public school, things did not go well. Mm. To hear Poole tell it, the reason he dropped out is because he was smarter than all of his teachers, and also at the same time, he got straight Fs in a progress report.
2: Huh. So he decided at that point he had nothing more to learn from these people.
0: Right. He's done for whatever reason, and he's never really delved into exactly what happened, going from a parochial school to the public school system did not sit well with young Timothy and (laughs) he has consistently railed against public schooling ever since then. In fact, now these days, Tim Pool is a staunch homeschooling advocate. He brings on tons of guests who advocate for homeschooling. He says it himself. He, He is a fervent believer that the public school system has contracted the woke mind virus and is hell bent on indoctrinating the nation's youth that in no way relates to the fact that he clearly could not hack it in the ninth grade of a public school this is just his learned opinion because again he says in one interview i forget where i forgot it from it was either from i think British GQ or El Pace. It was some interview that he gave when he was at Occupy. And he says he had to leave public school because he was too smart for his teachers. And then like four paragraphs later he says, and he was getting straight ass. Take that for what you will. I I guess he did he just didn't sit with him. And, and it's it's really funny to hear him talk about public schooling now because he he again, when he says that the public schools are rife with indoctrination and turning everyone into little communists, he uh He says, it's not like indoctrination is a bad thing. We just want to indoctrinate them in American values, which, according to Poole, are personal responsibility, individualism, and patriotism, and sometimes he also says the free market. He wants basically everything to be Hillsdale, I guess. By the way, personal responsibility, I don't know how you would actually teach that in any school. No matter what kind of you know libertarian, what dream of an education program you managed to gin up. But Poole has never been known for intellectual rigor and consistency. So <laughs> that's his take on public school. Anyway, he drops out in the ninth grade. He works a series of jobs. I know he has said in various interviews that he worked retail in various places. By 18, I think he was working... As this actually, I did manage to confirm in my reporting, he worked at O'Hare Airport as a baggage handler for American Eagle Airlines, which is a subsidiary
1: of American Airlines. Right. So he did have that job. How long did that one last?
0: Uh, I don't know. He worked that one for a while. This is part of the period where Tim claims that he was homeless. I've spoken to a couple of people after uh, the first pool story I wrote came out who talked who who knew Tim in Chicago. And I don't know if they would call it homeless. He was just sort of bumming around. He was sleeping on people's couches. Apparently, the shifts at O'Hare were pretty grueling. And there were times where he would work a double and then, you know, crash out in his car and then go back to work. So, you know, it was a hard work schedule, which, yeah, you're working a job, a union job, though. And Poole did join the union. That was confirmed by American Eagle that he was a member in good standing with the baggage handlers union at one point. So, you know, right. And of course these days, Tim pool does not like unions. It's the classic lefty position of saying, yeah, sure. Unions are good, but just not at any of the jobs I've ever worked at or in any of the industries where unionizing is taking place and that I ever talk about, but he supports union. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Classically liberal opinion.
2: Love me. Love me. Love me. I'm a liberal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he does those three things around this time, and I'm not sure exactly when, possibly at some point between 2006 and 2008, which is when he's aged 20 to 22. Tim starts working for nonprofits. And here's the way Tim describes it Tim has described himself as the fundraising director for a nonprofit, the director of development for a nonprofit. I think he was the Marketing director for another nonprofit, the marketing and events coordinator for a nonprofit. He went way high up in the nonprofit industry, according to Tim. Huh? It will come as no surprise to you, dear listeners, <laughs> that,
2: <laughs> that this might have been a tad exaggerated somehow. Some
0: some slight uh, resume polishing was done by. Mr. Poole. Wow. I called every single nonprofit that Tim claimed he worked for. He says he worked for these nonprofits. In reality, he did not work for any, he, he may have worked for one of them directly. For most, he worked for another another company that what they do is they will send street canvassers for a nonprofit. Let's right. Let's say you are the, like the Human Rights Council, or let's say you're Greenpeace. Tim claims he worked for Greenpeace. And you need someone to collect signatures and raise funds by talking to people on the street. If you've been in any major metropolitan city in the United States, you've seen people do this job. right? It's right. kids on the street saying, hi, can you spare a couple of minutes to talk to me about X, Y, and Z? Can you give me your contact information? Would you be willing to you know, make a donation here and now? I did this job. I, I had that job for, I think, like, Two weeks when I was 16 years old for the for Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition of all groups.
1: So if you do have that job, you are part of the fundraising operation. No, you are not. <laughs> you do not
0: work in fundraising. You are not the director of development for a nonprofit. No, I know man. this because <laughs> I worked in the development office for a nonprofit. I wrote grants. <laughs> I helped submit financial records. I kept the books. I did follow-up reports for grant applications. I submitted final reporting for grant applications. It is a very tedious but necessary job if you are a nonprofit. And I got it because I was working for this film and theater company for a long time. And it was a very DIY outfit. So everybody pitched in where they could. And the place that I could pitch in was writing grants. I had no particular experience in this. I had no training. And I was probably wildly underqualified to do this (laughs) job. But that's who we had on hand. I could not get hired based on that experience by any medium to large scale nonprofit like Greenpeace to do fundraising for them. They would say, no, you lack the qualifications, sir. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> Tim Poole, who again dropped out of the ninth grade and then worked retail and as a baggage handler, possessed fewer qualifications than I did, to say the least. Basically, what I'm saying is Tim is lying about the amount of experience he had. He was a street canvasser, but he likes to say he was the development director of a nonprofit. That it's it's a laughable kind of lie. And when I asked Tim to name the nonprofit where he worked as the director of development or the fundraising director, he said he couldn't discuss it because he was bound by a non-disclosure agreement or the results of some court case. It wasn't very clear for some reason. If you go on Tim's LinkedIn page there are no jobs listed prior to his time working at Vice. Huh. I don't know. If you were the director of development for Greenpeace, I I think that would be a thing you would put on a LinkedIn.
2: That would seem like... A weird omission. A bit shady. Something that you wouldn't necessarily leave off your resume if you had done a job like that. The
0: closest anyone came, and again, I I don't have the story in front of me, so feel free to... We'll we'll throw a link to that article here when this gets posted online. One nonprofit said that Tim may have gained some slight supervisory position organizing the other street canvassers for one organization. That is the extent of Tim's work in the nonprofit. Basically, you know, he's lying about this. And the the reason, I mean, why he does this, I don't know. For someone who dropped, again, who dropped out of high school there is absolutely no shame in doing street canvassing for money. That's fine. The reason why he lies about this, if I had to hazard a guess, is because it allows him to now rant about how all nonprofits are essentially corrupt, and he knows about this.
2: Because he worked for them.
0: Right. Yeah, because he was a higher up in these companies, so he knows the ins and outs.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is it is interesting because he doesn't need to lie for any real tangible reason. He is a success as Tim Pool, the influencer in in his world.
0: Non-profits, many of them are rife with corruption. You can just say that. You can just talk about the degree of like there are num there are numerous yeah. nonprofits out there that, for all of the good they intend to do, for some reason sixty percent of the money they take in goes to administrative costs, and the IRS doesn't even come close to having the kind of enforcement arm that's required to say, "Hey, wait a minute, all this money you're taking in, some of it should maybe go towards the people you're trying to help." Yeah, the general guidelines are that no more than I think it's twenty or maybe twenty five percent of any groups. Uh, you know the revenue or the, the the donations and the grants should go towards administrative costs, but whoops, these things get a little swept by the wayside. Understand? And like I said, the IRS is wildly understaffed, so they don't even have the manpower to begin to say, like, to a nonprofit that is paying themselves for all this, you should stop that. In fact, uh, if I'll take a pause and recommend the HBO show Telemarketers is about exactly this. It's about groups that are fundraising on behalf of various fraternal orders of police and the PBA and these telemarketers were pocketing 90% of the money that they were given while pretending like they were cops themselves in order to intimidate retirees and homebound people into handing over their social security checks. It is a (sighs) remarkable scam. If you want to criticize the nonprofit industry in America, I'm on your side, man. You've got my back. But don't make things
2: up. Sorry. I went on a rant. It's a good. Show, watch <laughs> hmm. It's just fascinating <laughs> how so many of the times he does something like this. It seems to have like almost the opposite effect. Like what good does it do to lie about it? When people find out. No. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of the did nothing wrong podcast. For just 5 bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode as well as a new one every week and our entire library of premium episodes. Head on over to didnothingwrongpod.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Thanks again for your support. We couldn't do it without you.